0: stuff but also uh, to be able to talk about the things that we do not have the time to talk about here including the occasional long-form interview so a lot of that's lining up and a lot of the uh, the topics that we hit today will show up again today but we won't be able to do them as much detail as we did earlier so if you haven't seen the early show go to rumble.com slash casey the host make sure you go watch that one from today so let's see what do we have uh, we've got updates on the South Bend School Corporation uh, and some of the things that they're going to be doing to your kids, which you're probably not going to appreciate. We'll talk about that in the five o'clock hour today. The Russian cosmonauts showing up on the International Space Station wearing yellow to support the Ukrainians. Yep, that's fake news. That didn't happen. And we are also going to talk about some more things that are happening inside of Russia and Ukraine that will be very interesting uh, to kind of expose because, again, Western media is not really giving you the entire story. In the first uh, little bit here, though, uh, David Henke, who is obviously you know on the council in Elkhart, posted a, a synopsis of yesterday's meeting, and I wanted to go over all of this. So this is for most of you who are in the, the Elkhart area, particularly city limits, um, but I wanted to go over some of this just because even though I live in Elkhart, I don't get a chance to talk about a lot of Elkhart issues because Elkhart's current government really loves keeping things quiet and secret. Uh, and that doesn't mean that I don't know about them. It's just that if I come out and I start talking about some of it, people ask me for paperwork, and sometimes I have that, and sometimes I don't, sometimes I have it, but I couldn't turn it over without exposing um, a whistleblower or what have you. And they really love keeping things from everybody. They really love keeping things from everybody. So uh, Mayor Robertson is is not an open book. So anyway, we take a look at this. Uh, here's what the, uh, the council voted for. So David Henke on Facebook. The majority of the council voted to appropriate million to design a new police station for a piece of property that the city does not own. I feel like I need to say this one again. The council voted to spend $4.2 million to design a police station for a piece of property that the city doesn't own. Uh, Shouldn't you spend the money to own the property first? That kind of how that goes down. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, the majority voted to provide one million to pursue the property that the proposed building is to be built on. Uh, okay? Shouldn't that happen first though? what What happens if you spend four I'm, again, I'm just throwing it out there. maybe maybe they are super ultra confident that they're going to get the property, but let me just ask this question. If you spend $4.2 million designing a police station on a piece of property that you don't own, and then you're going to spend a million dollars to pursue that property, but you don't get the property, didn't you waste $4.2 million? Am I missing something? I mean, theoretically? The new building cost is estimated to be $40 million, but it is yet to be designed. So the $4.2 million is just to design the building. Uh, the building should cost $40 million, which means it'll cost like $70 million. They then appropriated $85,000 to advertise on WNDU for police officer recruitment efforts. Uh, there was a question about that because that's the same news that carries police stories and even negative ones while we advertise and blend them together. Uh, so David Hinkey thought that maybe that would be a missed target. So if NDU is running anti-police stories while the police department is running recruitment efforts on the news network, then would that be counterproductive? I think it's a fair there. It's a fair point to answer. I don't know how much anti-police stories are running over there because I don't watch them. So I I don't know. You guys are going to be a better judge of that than 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 I will. Uh, I I would be interested to know because I know that the South Bend Police Department is run, uh recruiting efforts here in MNC. I'm wondering how that's worked out for them because I think that would be a very interesting uh, you, you know topic to broach. Uh, you have a first of all a lot of people just aren't watching TV anymore. I I don't know how else to. I, I'm tired of explaining this to people. People just aren't really watching live TV all that much, and the people who do watch live TV uh, generally are not in the age demographics to become a police officer. So, probably a a different demographic, maybe a pro-law enforcement station to, to run with, um, maybe digital, specifically targeting those who would be inclined to be pro-police in the recruitment age brackets, but you know, hey, it's the government, and the government can't even build websites. Doesn't matter if there's state, local, federal, whatever. So I, yeah, again, it's okay if it works out for them. Great if it doesn't, then you know, you were told. Uh, let's see. Uh, David Henke then writes, what I do know is that the current administration has assisted in minimizing public discussion and input while spending the most future dollars of the last four administrations. This is all true. And this is the thing. You know, you have you have the Democrats in in Elkhart who have voted to basically get rid of uh, filibuster, go to a simple majority, kills the minority. And those same Democrats are going to pitch a fit when Republicans are in control of that council. And Republicans then silence the voice of the minority Democrats when the Democrats will be in the minority because you're an Elkhart. You will be in the minority. Um, And they're going to absolutely pitch a fit when they're in the minority that they won't be able to actually debate. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gotten rid of the debate rule and and flipped it to a simple majority to cancel out all of that debate from the minority party. But I I guarantee you, Mark. Mark my words. I know I told you to do this a long time ago when this actually happened. Mark my words, okay? Mark my words. Elkhart Democrats will absolutely writhe around like they have sand in their underwear, screaming and crying that they can't debate, and Republicans kill them with a simple majority vote. You watch how this happens. Watch it. Guaranteed. Even though it'll be their doing. All right. <clears throat> Uh, what else do we have here? Again, future dollars of the last four administrations. Secondly, to ARP and COVID relief fund tax dollars add the forty million million uh, dollars additional. Therefore, it conflicts with the core beliefs that investing taxpayer money expecting a return on the investment as opposed to just spending tax dollars without a plan to measure results. Oh, that's I mean that's a hallmark of government. In particular, it's the hallmark of Democrat government. So here's the thing: we we talk about this a lot. So. All right, let's say you have a windfall that comes in like, oh, I don't know, COVID dollars, because everybody can relate to that. Okay, let's just use that. Let's just say your government's getting an additional influx of COVID dollars from the federal government. That is a temporary investment in you. It's not permanent. But what does local governments do? They go out there and they spend it as if it were a part of their regular budget year after year after year after year. The problem is that money dries up at some point in time. And because that money dries up at some point in time, Eventually, you'll get to a situation where you have a budget shortfall. Remember when everybody talked about budget shortfalls? And everybody's going to look around and go, well, it's because of the property tax limitations. And they'll come for your property taxes. They will try and raise your gasoline taxes. They will pass these educational measures and everything else where Elkhart will lie about the funding of their school system because they are funded more than the national average, more than the state average. But they don't want you to know that. And they will do all of these things to collect new tax dollars from all of you. Watch for a food tax in Elkhart too, by the way. They will do all of that to recoup the money that they overspent because they treated a temporary windfall as a permanent budgetary measure. It happens every time. And I have seen this at every level of government, no matter the size of the city, the township, or or the state. I've seen it my entire career. It is always the exact same thing. What happens when people get their tax return? They get a couple of grand back from their tax return. They save it for a rainy day? No. Josh, what do they do? They buy TVs and crap, right? That's what they do. They buy TVs and stuff. Okay? You probably shouldn't, but you do. And a lot of people probably have some credit cards they could pay off. They probably have a bill out there they could pay off. Do they pay it off? Nope. They don't do that. (laughs) They just go spend it. Government's the same thing. Uh, he says he needs to add that they also plan on putting yet another non-tax-paying Lacasa housing project at 511 Division. Mind you, no one else was told the property was for sale. It's a it's a TIF TIF zone, meaning that the taxes to stay in that zone to help build it back up, as yet stated. Uh, so, and you can talk about how La Casa doesn't pay taxes and stuff like that. So I don't need to get into that. But uh, it's what's interesting about all of this is that you start going through, and really I wanted to focus on the first one just to kind of highlight how silly government is. You don't own the property that you want to design the new police station. And for the record, I'm not saying that the police department doesn't deserve a new police station, okay? They probably do. But if you're going to make a new police station for the Elkhart Police Department, shouldn't you own the property first? And, And then after you own the property then and only then spend $4.2 million to design the police station that is supposed to cost you $40 million, Why would you spend the money to design the police station before you own the property that you're going to put the police station on? I, <clears throat> Unless it doesn't matter. I guess, theoretically, I suppose it could not matter, right? We'll design the police station because it won't matter that, that if we have this property, we're just going to design the police station, we'll hold on to those designs, what have you. Okay, maybe, maybe... If you're getting a super awesome deal or something like that, which at $4.2 million, they're not. So remember, remember this day. They're telling you that the new police station is gonna cost $40 million. Let's see how much it actually ends up being. Just remember this. We've been down this road before a million times, and I know, I know that you all know the answer to that. The only people going, no, 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 it'll be around $40 million. The only people are gonna be Robertson and his interior clan of, of yes people. Nobody else actually thinks it's going to be $40 million. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. The uh, pro-pedophile Supreme Court justice nominee is answering questions right now. I'll get to that later. All right. Some of you are going, what are you talking about? Well, you know, if you have a history of not putting people behind bars who peddle child pornography, then, yeah, I'm going to assume things about you. So here's the deal. Jen she now has the COVID. All right. Now, I don't know how this happened because I think Jen is up to like eight or nine boosters. So Jen has the COVID. She has tested positive for covid Uh, again, allegedly, and again, the tests are inaccurate, so who knows, Uh, but she did announce that she has tested positive for COVID, which I'm going to be honest, okay, tinfoil Tuesday, right? Is it Wednesday? Today or is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? It's tinfoil Tuesday. I don't think she actually has the COVID. I think she's really tired of getting owned by Peter Ducey right now. She's had a very bad couple of weeks, and it's not her fault. She works for crazy people, and it's her job to go out there and defend crazy things. And she's not recovered since Peter Ducey asked uh, if Joe Biden owns an electric vehicle. And then she says presidents don't drive all that much. But Joe Biden is always posting videos about him driving his collection of Corvettes. So doesn't really Corvettes. uh, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. Corvettes, not fuel efficient vehicles, correct? Last I checked, they were not. They get better when you install dual turbos, particularly if you put the turbos in the rear and not in the front which is where you should be mounting your turbos anywhere, much, much more efficient. Um, but I don't think that he has done that. So she hasn't recovered since then. She's just been constantly getting hammered by Peter Doocy every single day. Have you seen the videos of him asking these questions and the reactions of the other White House press pool when he asks them? Because every single one of them knows that he's asking really good questions. They just don't want to ruin their access by asking them themselves. Watch their facial expressions. Slow the video down. Zoom in. Watch their expressions when Peter Doocy has been asking her questions. So I think what has happened now is I Have COVID has become the latest timeout. It's kind of like when Justin Blackface Trudeau up in Canada, eh? when he didn't want to meet with the truckers, so he suddenly came down with COVID. But he only had COVID for like two days and then suddenly was out in the public again. Let's be honest. He didn't have COVID. He just didn't want to actually talk with the truckers who were asking for a meeting with him. So I think that that's probably what's going on, but who knows? Uh, still, we're, we're at less than 1% of people have actually been reinfected with COVID, even through Omicron and the Obi-Wan Kenobi version of COVID that we have now. So I don't really know if she has COVID, but she says that she has COVID. Um, they're saying that there's some other people who are in her pool that may have gotten it. It may have gotten back to Biden, as you all know. Biden had that massive gaffe the other day about the uh, the first lady's husband having COVID, which would of course been him, but that he screwed that up, and then he recovered brilliantly. He cracked a really funny joke, recovered, and then he made another mistake right after that. So again, I, I just, if you ask me, I think Gensaki is running and hiding in the COVID news out there. Though ten pilots from major airlines are now suing the CDC, over the mask mandates on airplanes. You realize that the they have studied this, and they have found, and, and actually the airline industry released a whole bit of research on this that said the masking on airlines doesn't actually help anything. Of course, the masking doesn't help at all anywhere, uh, but on airlines with the way that the air systems are done and the filtration systems that were installed into the airlines after the outbreak of the pandemic – that they're getting really irritated with this. So there's a group of pilots from JetBlue, American Airlines, and Southwest. They have filed a lawsuit against the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services after the mask mandates for airports and airlines was actually extended. They were talking about ending these mandates here about a week and a half ago. They extended them out, so now these pilots are filing a lawsuit. Um, And they're saying that the pilots allege in their lawsuit the CDC acted, quote, without providing public notice or soliciting comment. Supposed to do that by mandating masks for all American travelers and employees in the transportation sector. The defendants have acted without statutory authorization or following the rulemaking process required by the Administrative Procedures Act or known as the APA. They have more in there. But let's be honest, that's been happening in the entire pandemic. A bunch of people have been going around the law uh, throughout the entire pandemic. So good for these pilots for uh, filing that lawsuit. And in the final nail in the coffin of the screeching leftist out there, Stormy Daniels has been forced to pay Donald Trump a large amount of money. And why was she forced to pay Donald Trump a large amount of money? Because, again, she lost her case after a federal appellate court rejected her bid to reconsider a defamation claim, which failed in a lower court. This is what's funny. She's suing him for defamation. She's the one that made it public. Go figure. Uh, Porn star Stormy Daniels. Forced to pay former President Donald Trump a large sum in legal fees, according to CNBC, Daniels is responsible for paying nearly 300 grand to the former president. Uh, CNBC reported all of this, and the Friday's ruling is reportedly likely to end the years-long legal fight between Daniels and Trump. So she's got to pay Trump back, but the good news is is that she's going to be able to get her money back from her scam artist of a lawyer, Mike Lavinati who everybody in uh, CNN and MSNBC thought was going to be the next president of the United States at one point in time. So, there's that. Really sucks uh, to be an anti-Trump activist today. Not a good day for you all. Anyway, MNC News time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can watch the show. Join in the shenanigans online. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host, or on the website, TheBurningTruth.us. It's entirely up to you. All right, so I've got to do a story here. Cue me audio. Got to cue a story. This is ABC7. This is out of the People's Republic of California. And here's the thing. you got to be consistent. One of the One of the most difficult things in the political realm or in the news realm is to be consistent these days because everybody wants to inject their side and advance their agenda while throttling the other agenda and what have you. So I want, I want to just play this story for everybody. Just see what your reaction is initially. You don't have to call me or anything like that. But this is ABC 7 News. Uh, the story is out of Norco, California. school
1: teacher enlisted their kids to make a video denouncing President Biden. Inland Empire Bureau Chief Robert McMillan spoke with one mom who removed her child from that school.
2: She's loved it. She begs to stay late.
1: Christina McFadden says her five-year-old daughter has loved her time at Turning Point Christian School in Norco.
2: She loved it. She's very social. She loves being around
1: kids. And the teachers?
2: The teachers, I had no problems with them. I didn't see anything happening that caught my attention or made me concerned.
1: That is until last month when the preschoolers were learning about President's Day and one of the teachers sent this video to all the parents.
2: Who's our president? Do we want out. What? We want out. i just was in shock i mean i had to watch it multiple times to realize is this really happening the first thing she said to me when i picked her up was we want him out like that was the great message she learned that day It's her first history lesson we want out.
1: three hours later the video was removed and in its place a message from the school saying the video did not share our school and church philosophy of honoring and respecting authority including those in government positions. School officials have not responded to our request for comment. I've always believed that the role of teachers is not to indoctrinate students about what to think, it's to help develop critical thinking skills so students can make their own decisions. But Dr. Tyrone Howard, a professor of education at UCLA, says when it comes to private schools, there's not much parents can do about it. Now I know private schools operate under a different set of guidelines and procedures, But I don't know that even in private domain that that those leadership officials would want teachers telling their students what to think about a particular political figure. Okay,
0: so. You get it now, here's here's the thing. Here's what I have. I've got the moderates and the left people in the audience going, yeah, that's wrong. And I've got people on the right going, yeah, uh, welcome to the club. It's wrong. It's always wrong. That's just it. It's always wrong. Now, should this have happened? No, it should not have happened even at a private school. But the good news is, and while the last guy was trying to take a dig at private schools, he was being a little objective, but again, there's a little dig in there. It's like, well, you know, in public schools, you can't do this. Yes, you can. I'll prove that point here in just a second. It's hap- it happens all the time at public schools. That's the point. It shouldn't happen anywhere. Your kids should go to school. Your kids should be able to have a safe environment where they can learn about reading, writing, math, science, whatever it is that they're learning about, Not about a bunch of social issues that don't impact their life or don't have any meaning for them. That comes later, okay? That all comes later. We're talking about little kids here. Teach them the basics so they're educated. They shouldn't be propagandized to. They shouldn't be used as a captive audience for the teacher's agenda. You shouldn't have the LGBTQ flags in the classrooms. You shouldn't have the Gadsden flag in the classroom. You shouldn't have any of that stuff floating around in any of the classrooms in public or private or charter schools. Period. They're there to learn, not to be indoctrinated. It doesn't matter if they're being indoctrinated to the left or if they're being indoctrinated to the right. Now, again, a lot of conservatives are listening to this, and conservatives are going, yeah, this kind of crap happens all the time, lady. Mom who got really upset and pulled her kid out of the class. But guess what she had that people in public school don't have? She had the free market ability to pull her kid out of the school because she didn't like what her kid was learning in school. Now, is she right to do that? It's her kid. She doesn't like her kid being taught at school that Joe Biden needs to go. Does Joe Biden need to go? Of course. Only gerbils think that Joe Biden needs to stick around. But it's her right to be a gerbil. If she doesn't want her kid to learn about this stuff, she can take her kid out of the class. Now, if you ask me, I think she's got a legal case to get a refund on the cost of that school for that year, at least a prorated rate. But that is a consistent viewpoint that is only harbored by Libertarians and Conservatives. You notice how outraged, go watch some of the posts about this on social media, go notice how outraged left-wing people are that this happened in that classroom. I got news for you, it happens all the time in public schools to Conservative students. How many stories have we gone through over the past couple of years? Just a couple, I won't even go back to my 16 year career. Just the past couple of years where conservative students were being directly targeted by their teachers, some were physically removed from the classroom by the teacher putting hands on the kid. Where was the left wing outrage there? Didn't exist, right? In fact, in one of the circumstances where the teacher caught the student in the hallway and put hands on the student, the left wing mob, if you will, on Twitter celebrated the teacher. Now they're outraged over this. Like I said, conservatives are looking at this and going, yeah, that's wrong, but welcome to the club. This has been happening to us for a long time. Wasn't there just a kid who was kicked out of school because they had a Jesus mask on their, on their face. There's a mask mandate to have the mask. So the kid had, I love Jesus or Jesus loves me mask. And we're kicked out of school. Couldn't. Well, I should say they were given the option of wearing whatever the, the mask, the school provided or getting kicked out of the school. and, And the kid refused to wear the surgical mask. So, now, again, Jesus is not left-wing or right-wing, okay? But still, that is a case where it's probably going to impact a conservative student more so than a left-wing student, okay, based on the parents. And that kid came out of there, and what was—does was, the kid know anything about Joe Biden? No. Probably knows more about Joe Biden than Joe Biden does at this point, but doesn't know anything about Joe Biden. So the kid shouldn't be calling for Joe Biden to be pulled out of the class—pulled uh, out, pulled out of the classroom. <laughs> pulled out of the White House. So the mom is right to be outraged there. But here's here's the thing. See, there's this other story that's going on. Exact same time. The exact same time. You ready for this? A Texas elementary school held an LGBTQ pride parade and didn't want the parents to know about it. Hmm. You think that might make some parents a little upset? In Texas? Texas? Texas Elementary School celebrated Pride Week. It's not even Pride Week. Celebrated Pride Week and instructed students to, quote, keep it confidential. Oh. Just like they don't want you to know about some of the stuff that they're teaching your kid in sex ed and some of the materials that are darn right pornographic that they don't want your parents to know about. They're going to blame your parents if you get a failing grade, though. They'll blame your parents if your child gets bullied. But then they don't want your parents involved. I mean, we've been talking about this with the real all red story for several days now, and I know that we've been talking about before then. The amount of people who have reached out to me with similar stories in surrounding school districts, I assure you there are more stories coming. And we're talking about people who have documented proof that principals and teachers were brought in on it and didn't do a thing. Teachers reportedly told students to keep the parade confidential, which would violate Texas state law. Despite some key legislative victories for concerned parents, LGBTQ-related curriculum and sometimes outright activism is still ubiquitous in America's public schools. Even in Red Texas, students were forced to participate in Pride Week, complete with a pride parade through the halls of Austin's Doss Elementary School. The video of the parade was shared by the school's assistant principal, The video reportedly shows groups of students and teachers marching through the halls with LGBTQ-themed artwork. Now, again, I don't have an issue in the LGBTQ community. All of you know that. It doesn't belong in the schools as an official promotional item of a social agenda by faculty, period. And all of these teachers who have the rainbow flag in their classroom are wrong. All of these teachers who have Gadsden flags in the classroom, and I know the Gadsden flag could go either way. But it's still a political symbol. Shouldn't be in the classroom. None of this stuff belongs there. Your kids are going there to learn. They're not going there to be propagandized to, to be brainwashed. So the video gets out. Libs of TikTok, of course, grabs it, throws it up on the Internet. Now everybody's super outraged that people are outraged that this happened. I'm sorry. Wouldn't this be a left-wing agenda item being forced upon every student in this public school? Of course it would be. So while nobody on the left seems to care about this form of brainwashing or propaganda being used against a captive audience with these students, which was explicitly and against the law told to be kept from the parents, they're going to get really upset about a group of five-year-olds who are told that Joe Biden needs to go at a private school. Look at that wonderful hypocrisy that we are getting. Both cases are wrong. I didn't know my teacher's political beliefs until I had geopolitical economics. And you could certainly argue that it's a relevant topic. And he was still one of the best teachers I had. And he let us know at the very beginning of that school year. He goes, Look, his name is Mr. Swallow. He says, I realize where I live, I'm a liberal. I'm a classic liberal, and most of you are going to be conservative, or at least on the Republican side of things. And he told us point blank. He goes, I am not going to push my agenda on you. I'm not going to judge you unfairly. And he was one of the best teachers that we ever had. He was a fantastic teacher. But he also challenged us, because most people in that area did happen to be Republican slash conservative or libertarian. And he wasn't. So, he was always able to get us to answer questions about geopolitical economics from our ideological standpoint while still resisting with his own. That's the type of thing that we need. That's critical thinking, not brainwashing. You don't brainwash five year olds and you don't brainwash captive elementary students in your social and your political agendas. Got more coming up. News Talk 95 3, Michiana's News Channel. Give me audio, please. How about this flashback? Remember when the left didn't really care about this story? All
1: right. I like that. One, mm-hmm. two, three. Barack was Obama. He said, Obama's are to make
0: his country strong again. <clears throat> Barack Obama. Remember them uh, public school kids being forced to sing songs praising Obama in 2009? Remember that? We're outraged the left was. That's right, they weren't. They thought it was a Dorbs. Remember that? But it's it's good, it's good to see that everybody's like super, super upset that, you know, this private school in the People's Republic of California told the little kidlets that they wanted Biden gone. That's great. I mean, but again, you know, it's it's wrong either way, but we always have to remind everybody, okay? Friendly reminder. I know that I've said this a million times. I'm starting to hear more and more people say this. Everything the left accuses the right of doing, the left themselves are doing. Every belief that the left has contradicts another one of their beliefs. Every single one. This is tribalism. That's the thing that you have to worry about. Um, You know, it was interesting. I I got a message today from somebody who's like, we couldn't, first, this is how it opens up. And I thought it was funny that we have to open things up this way. Couldn't be further away from you politically, but thank you for talking about Rio. And here's, so my, my message back was don't let the political class divide us because of simple policy disagreements. And she agreed. She agreed. But this is the thing, you know, in in a conversation, she felt the need, and I catch myself doing it too, and I think we all do. She felt the need to say, look, I don't agree with you, but I appreciate you covering this story. And that's fine. We can have policy disagreements. But it's the political class on each side that demonizes the other side and forces you to go into your little tribe. That's why people fight. If you get Americans together, beer in their hand, hanging out, they agree on a heck of a lot more than the political parties would ever want you to believe. That is a fact. The loud mouths that you see every single day on the news and all of that stuff, they're not, they're not a representation. And I've used this as an example on my show, and Josh, you've been with me, how many, how many years is it? Three? Three years now? Okay? He's heard me say it a million times. If you you watch the way that people behave on, on television or on radio or in the newspapers and things like that, social media. But do you actually have that interaction with your family and friends and your coworkers who you disagree with? The vast majority of you are going to say no. Okay. And I'm talking about like pre COVID stuff because some people just went nuts during COVID. Generally speaking, y'all get along. You've got relatives who disagree with you politically and you'll, you'll have fun jabs at each other, but it doesn't generally end up in a massive fisticuff laden fight or something of that nature, because most people can get along with people they disagree with. Most people are not as egotistical as Arnold Schwarzenegger, making a stupid video telling Russian troops to not fight the Ukrainians and go home. Talk about the fart-sniffing ego of that guy. Most people get along with other people just fine, even if you disagree. But it is interesting how we've been kind of just pushed back into that little corner, And this lady and I had a very nice conversation today. Don't buy into it. It's the political class versus all of us. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. All right, we got to talk about Eric the Chinless, also known as Governor Holcomb. All right, here's the deal. Um, Last night, okay, he surprised everybody, but not really. So Eric Holcomb goes out there and he signs constitutional carry into law like four hours before it was going to become law on its own anyway, if he didn't do anything. Is that, is that not a chinless, gutless move or what? But this is because he wants to run around when he runs for Senate and say, oh, I voted for constitutional carry because he wants the pro-gun vote. And I've, I've seen a lot of people who don't know a lot of, about this state or this governor who are in the the gun advocacy realm on social media. And they're all like, hey, congratulations, Indiana, and all of that stuff. Yeah, but let's be honest. If Eric Holcomb didn't do anything four hours later, it would have been the law anyway. So he's purely doing this for political reasons. I actually uh, posted yesterday on on Telegram. I was like, Governor Holcomb surprises everyone and signs constitutional carry into law a full half day before it became a law anyway on its own. Uh, (laughs) So it's... Real slimy, slimy stuff. But then he vetoed the bill that would prevent biological males from competing against biological females in sports. So you, you do each one. You don't want to be perceived as fully left wing, right? So he would pull his Holcomb uh, veto. There we go. Uh, but this is <laughs> this guy. There's so many people who don't know, though. And they're all just like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. So I, I've been going out there. A lot of, uh, you know, Hoosiers are going out there and say, no, 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 no. no. This guy does not support constitutional carry. He actively opposed it. Uh, he actually spoke about this on the third where he said that he supported Doug Carter's opposition to constitutional carry. Now, he does not like constitutional carry. He doesn't want constitutional carry. And so. We did a whole thing about this today on the early show. I'm not going to bore you with all the details. Just so you know, Constitutional Carry, now the law of the land in Indiana. Okay? Uh, Here is the Washington Post. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, a Republican, struck down a bill on Monday that would have banned transgender girls from competing in female sports at school. By the way, I have to give a big shout out to all of these swimmers who are speaking out against the trans swimmer who just killed them all by three seconds. You know, uh, obviously you had some of the swimmers who were not directly competing against uh, Leah, Leah Thomas, who spoke out on behalf of their friends, who lost out on a chance for the championship because they missed that spot in earlier heats. You've got parents now speaking out, and you have the actual swimmers who lost out speaking out now. And I think that the photo of the three swimmers who came in second, third, and fourth place, huddling together as if they were first, second, and third with, is it, Le- again, Leah, Th- I don't know. I don't care enough to learn their name. Leah Thomas off on the side by themselves. That picture says a lot, a lot about how they feel. And again, I, I've talked about sandbagging a lot when it comes to the the transports issue. Uh, When you have the biological males competing against women, they will throttle their performance a little bit, and then they will go for it in order just to kind of get rid of the noise. Leah did that. Everybody else has done that. So Governor Holcomb, who thinks he's going to run for Senate in this state and swap places with Mike Braun, okay? And Mike Braun's voting record has been very good for conservatives. The problem is that Mike Braun attacked law enforcement, and that's always going to be a big problem for him. Mike Braun's the one running around, ignoring local media all over the state instead of putting his face all over Fox news. Okay. That's, you know, it's fine. I don't have a problem with him doing that, but you're going to get to a point where you're going to need those local resources. And Mike Braun's people said, yeah, he's going to come on on a regular basis on your show and everything else. I can't get him on now when I'm in Washington, DC, I can't get Mike Braun to take my appointment. I can't get him to do anything, but he'll always show up for Fox news. And when you trash law enforcement, good luck becoming the governor of the state like Indiana. Good luck. He'll probably get the endorsement of Doug Carter, the superintendent of the Indiana State Police. Doug Carter, will, who doesn't like the Constitution, will probably be like, yeah, I don't care that Mike Braun called us all racist and stuff. Yeah, totally. Let's go for it. So Holcomb goes out there and he, he vetoes the bill. Now a simple majority overturns this thing. In a letter addressing his decision, Holcomb wrote that the bill leaves too many unanswered questions. Does it? He also challenged the need for state intervention. It implies that the goals of consistency and fairness in competitive female sports are not currently being met, Holcomb said. They're not! That's the point of the bill. Did he? He said this. Let me read this again because I know it's just Tuesday and some of you are like, Casey, you did not. Just say that he said that. It implies, this is what Holcomb said when he vetoed the bill. It implies that the goals of consistency and fairness in competitive female sports are not currently being met. They're not. Hence the bill. Chinless dweef. After thorough review, I find no evidence to support either claim, even if I support the overall goal. God, he is such a snake. This guy is such a snake. Have you ever met any politician in the Indiana political realm who has talked out of both sides of his butt cheek as much as Eric Holcomb does? This is this guy has the ability to throw his wind like nobody I've ever seen before. And it goes right back to when I had him on the show when he was a candidate. And it goes back to him going out there and campaigning on raising the gas taxes to fix the crumbling Indiana infrastructure and then raising the gasoline taxes to fix the crumbling Indiana infrastructure. Then two weeks later, giving the first State of the State address and talking about how the the infrastructure of Indiana was the envy of the Midwest. Well, which one was it? Do we need to raise gas taxes to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure that you campaigned on, or is it the envy of the Midwest? Which one is it? He doesn't know. All he knows is that there's a radio host somewhere in the midst of Michiana who has made him feel really bad about himself, and he grew a goatee to hide it. That's, that's all he knows. You realize we have trans athletes crushing girls in Indiana sports right now, right? Including in swimming. Talk to those girls, Eric, and see if they feel like the <clears throat> competitive female sports are, uh, let's see, the fairness in competitive female sports are being met. Talk to those girls who are competing against biological males and see if they feel the same way as you. I found no evidence of any of this. That's because you didn't talk to anybody because you never leave the Capitol. Washington Post. The governor who, first, who was first elected in 2016 also noted that the bill would probably face legal challenges. Okay. Um, I, I realize that there's a lot of people who are kind of new here, kind of like the 30 TikTokers who don't know anything about politics believing joe biden's lie about inflation and gas prices and running around and making stupid little videos about it i realize that there's a lot of new folks i got news for you everything is a lawsuit now everything gets sued everybody gets sued that is the point if you're going to run around and say well you know it, it faces legal challenges yeah anytime. You try to protect women's sports against trans athletes who are biologically male. Yeah, you're going to have a legal challenge because they want to be able to compete. Leah Thomas is like 400 and some odd uh, ranked in the, in the country when, when they were swimming as a guy. And they're number one by a wide margin as they swim as a, as a girl. We have that story everywhere. It is consistently the same. I have brought you the scientific research on the testosterone levels, the bone density, and all of the other issues that impact male athletes who transition to female. I have brought you all of that. Women can't compete against biological males who transition later on in life. And Leah Thomas hasn't transitioned, by the way. They're a tucker. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that we haven't got to the point where there's a snip and cut. Sorry, you haven't swapped genders yet. Holcomb referenced a uh, lawsuit filed in federal court before the measure was introduced that involved a middle school forbidding a transgender male student from playing on boys' sports teams, among other alleged discrimination. So just because there's a lawsuit, you coward? Well, there's other lawsuits on all of these things, so I'm sure it's going to be challenged. Yeah, it will be. You know, most people understand that things worth fighting for are things that you have to fight for. Eric Holcomb, I, how many times have I told you over his tenure as governor, and I told you before he was elected, I told this is a guy who doesn't like to fight. He doesn't like to fight. He just wants to be liked. The only battle he's ever picked in his entire life was the stupid mask mandate, which he falsely claimed had beaten COVID before the Delta variant surge. This guy has no gumption for battle. None whatsoever. And if you're going to be in politics, you have got to want to fight for what you believe in. And he doesn't because he doesn't really believe in anything. The only thing that Eric Holcomb believes in is that his his little beard makes him have a chin and that he likes cocktail parties. That's it. That's all he believes in. And I'm not calling the man a drunk. I'm not saying that he drinks or anything like that because there's some people like, he doesn't drink. Whatever. I don't care. He likes cocktail parties. He likes all the people hanging around him basically giving him a tongue bath every day because he surrounds himself with yes men. This is, you can't be in the media if you're not going to be able to look at difficult images, and you can't be in politics if you're not going to be willing to fight for what you believe is right, which tells me that he's either weak and a coward or he doesn't actually believe that biological males have an advantage over biological females in sports, which tells me he watches way too many Disney movies. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Somebody said that, um, that governor, I look, I am giving you this on, on the fly just because people are asking me about it on the live stream. I don't know that this has happened. I'm too lazy to look it up. So y'all look it up yourself. Uh, Governor DeSantis, Daddy DeSantis issued a proclamation rejecting the victory of Leah Thomas and declaring Florida's Emma Wyant the best women swimmer in the NCAA's Division I 500-meter freestyle. Did he really do that? That is amazing. That's amazing. If he really did that, and I believe that he that he's capable of doing it. I just haven't seen that story. Uh, no, IndyCar on the live stream says that Fox News has it on their website. Good for him. Good for him. By the way, how twisted are all these people still running around? They, they took up billboards with the word gay on it. Like it's an own on DeSantis? The bill doesn't even say what they're alleging it to say. It's hysterical. Oh, man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, major, major problems with green energy and electric vehicles. First of all, green energy is hot trash. doesn't work very good. Okay? Sorry. It just doesn't. Hydro is extremely expensive. Uh, hydro is very limited in where it can be used. Wind power is not efficient. Solar power is hot trash. I've already talked about this, and if anybody's going to challenge me on solar power, from the desert with the two largest solar power plants in the world. One of them has been fined as one of the biggest polluters in the country, and the other one really doesn't do anything but shoot birds out of the sky, which they call streamers. That's an Ivanpah, uh, my old neck of the woods. Uh, it, you look. Know, Will they produce power? Sure, they produce power. But when they don't produce power, which is a lot, they use diesel generators to artificially generate power using fossil fuels. So it it is what it is. One day, maybe we'll get there, folks. One day, maybe we'll get there, okay? But we aren't there yet. And if that day comes, that'll be fantastic. That'll be wonderful. I'm all about talking about that. The fact of the matter is, if you want clean energy, it has to be nuclear, period, end of story. And they've got these new mini nuclear plants that are available now. Indiana is actually considering using them i certainly hope that they decide to use them uh they are they're 100 percent uh i don't want to say 100 but they are completely safe uh nuclear power across the world has killed less people than any other source of energy out there including hydro and solar and everything else so it's just not one of those practicalities but you got Pete buddha judge and everybody else out there going hey get an electric vehicle which people can't afford they're, they're too expensive They don't allow the cheap electric vehicles from India to come into the country. India has uh, electric vehicles that they don't go very fast, but they're under $10,000. So you could get one, you could drive around town, getting on a freeway is going to be sketchy, but driving around town you could do, but they don't let them in there because they don't have the safety precautions that they mandate with American vehicles. So you can not actually buy one. So there are cheap electric vehicles that exist. It's just that American politicians won't actually let you buy them. So here's the problem. Not only are we dealing with major issues with ele- ele- the electrical grid, because you can't have these EVs on the electrical grid, because the electrical grid right now can't handle uh, in many places what we already have, but you have an issue with costs of producing electric vehicles. So um, you need something called lithium. Now, lithium is mined, and it has shot up 472% in the last year. So your expensive electric vehicle, which is already going up because of inflation anyway, is also facing other issues which are causing electric vehicles' prices to go up. I already told you, Tesla's affordable car, which is like $52,000, has been increased in price, and it is no longer pushed out of the affordable category. But now you got lithium out there. Lithium has gone up 472%. So not only do you have the increasing cost of energy in general, both fossil fuel and so-called renewable, but the cost of making electric cars is going up. And electric cars use computers. And we're still having an issue with computer chips and all of that side technology that goes into it. It wasn't the right way to phrase it, but you get what I'm saying. All of this stuff is increasing in price, which is going to make electric vehicles even more expensive. Now, I did tell you, I find it very interesting that nobody is running around and asking the question, while Joe Biden's administration is pushing electric vehicles, why is it that Joe Biden is not moving for the, the copper cobalt mines that had the Chinese were forced out of over in Sudan? And I realize it's Sudan and doing business in Sudan is a little hairy, but if you need copper cobalt mines and lithium and everything else to make your electric vehicles, which isn't it interesting that Joe Biden did remove all of the oil imports from Russia, but didn't remove the lithium imports from Russia. He didn't ban those. Don't you find that interesting? As a side note, BlackRock, which is the most powerful company ever in human history, is pushing electric vehicles, and yet they are the biggest investor in energy, both fossil fuel and renewable, in the entire world. And what do you need to run an electric vehicle? You need energy. Who has investments in BlackRock? Pretty much everybody in Congress has investments in BlackRock. You don't think that this is all coincidental? You go back to the ethanol scam, okay? You can use ethanol as gas. I know that everybody knows that. Ethanol fuel is inefficient and it's hot garbage. Use it for the racetrack, that's about it. Not not efficient stuff, okay? But Archer Daniel Midland was basically the company that ran ethanol in this country. And who had tons of investments in Archer Daniel Midland? Pretty much everybody in Congress. Why did they push... Ethanol gas on everybody at a time when we were dealing with prices like this uh, before? Because Archer Daniel Midland was giving a lot of money to politicians. BlackRock, giving a lot of money to politicians. So we ban oil imports from Russia, but not lithium. Don't do that. Lithium price has been up 472% over the past 12 months. Copper cobalt mines are basically dominated by China. Although China just got kicked out of a copper-cobalt mine in Sudan, but the United States hasn't moved in to, to pick it up there. We're starting to run into some real issues here. It's not just cost, it's supply. And then you have the energy grid itself, which cannot sustain a mass conversion to electric vehicles anytime soon. Not without nuclear. It's not going to happen. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC Newstime, is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, Creating Meaningful jewelry. For the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I want to thank RB Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. RB Car Company are your used car experts. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know how I have the energy that I have today. I haven't eaten anything. Uh, well, you know, you know what? I did have some toast this morning. So there was that. Um, so I don't know. I'm just running on on uh, hatred and rage, I think. It's, I don't know. People are commenting that I seem like I have a lot of energy today. That's good. I I appreciate that. Um I well, oh here's the thing. I'm back on my my uh hormone therapy. And I have my my uh, alpha pack from Nutrition HQ that's probably what's keeping me going. All right, so here's the deal. Myocarditis continues to be a major issue. Uh this you know, I I think it's the nature of the game that soccer players seem to run into this uh in the healthy athlete category more than everybody else. And we've now got more and more medical doctors who are weighing in on this. And I know I've given you a bunch of updates on this over the past couple of weeks. Uh, going back throughout the pandemic, obviously I covered it throughout the entire thing. Myocarditis and in re- irregular heartbeats are now commonplace for healthy people around the world thanks to the COVID-19 quote, clot shots. And even pediatrician offices are posting warning signs on their windows about it. Now, people like Eric Chinless, Holcomb, don't want you to know that. They just want you to get your four-year-old vaccinated so he can get his $40 million a month from the federal government. That's all he cares about. He cares about money. He doesn't care about you. At a Virginia doctor's office, there's a sign in the window that reads, COVID vaccination affects your heart. If you receive doses of any COVID shot, we will not clear you without lab work. Now, here's the thing. More doctors need to do this. Now, when you play sports, most of you who have played sports or are parents of kids who play sports, you know this. You got to go to the doctor. You got to get the all clear from the doctor that you can play in the league, right? This office is saying we're not clearing you if you've had the vaccine until we do lab work on you. It's that simple. The doctors run tests for student athletes, and they know that gene therapy, prion injections, clog blood, uh, strains the heart, can kill you. And these doctors at Jackson River Pediatrics don't want to be responsible for clearing kids and teenagers with a physical uh, for sports when they could drop dead from it due to a cardiac event. And as we have highlighted all over the world, this has turned out to be an issue, particularly with soccer players. Soccer players and basketball players uh, usually have higher incidence of this because of the nature of the game. But soccer players globally, they have really been the brunt of the myocarditis, myocarditis outbreak. And you know, we're at a point now where the CDC is trying to pretend that it's normal. I went over the NIH research on that, just uh, I think it was just last week. It's not normal. It's not, a, it's not something that happens to young people at all. And When you look at the research on the National Institutes for Health website, this is, an, this is a disease of aging. And now they're all telling you that, hey, this is something that is common with young and healthy people. No, it's not. It is not common with young and healthy people. Unless there is something that happened that is causing their body to produce clots. And the thing that we know that produces clots are the vaccines. And again, the vast majority of people who are getting the vaccines are not going to have this. Thank God. But a much larger than would ever be accepted otherwise are getting it. And the younger you get, the more at risk you are. Young men in particular, young males, adolescent males, are more at risk than anybody else. Generally speaking, according to Pfizer's own research, women have a much worse side effect uh, register with the vaccine than men do. But the younger you get, the more it affects young male athletes in particular. But it does affect everybody. I think it's just the nature of the game and, and running constantly. Soccer is not an easy sport to play. Due to healthy athletes dropping dead from heart problems right after getting clot shots, doctors around the world are trying their best to avoid being blamed by posting precautionary sports physical sign-off policies and completing extensive lab work, including uh, echocardiograms, to rule out heart damage from the so-called COVID-19 vaccines. These signs warn about all COVID shots, not just one kind or from one manufacturer. And that is true. Uh, We have found that there is a blood clot issue with all of them, whether they're mRNA or not. This is not about a recall of one batch. This is a warning about all of the shots, all but proving independent media has been right all along. And that's very true. I read an article the other day, and I know that this is not going to be anything new for many of you who have been paying attention to all of this from the very beginning. Again, the vaccines really aren't vaccines or gene therapies. And most of you are well, well aware of that. But what has happened now is that there's legal cases that are being built about that very thing. They're technically not vaccinations, that they are gene therapies. And all of the process in getting gene therapies approved and all of that uh, is starting to build that legal case that I keep telling you is coming down the pike. So I read an old article about this here, uh, I think it was last week, maybe the end of last week. And uh, I think it was before the weekend. And they're talking about, hey, the lawsuits are getting they're getting ready to happen. And we already told you that the CDC and the Ministry of Health for the United Kingdom have completely downgraded how many people have actually died from COVID. Something that we told you was, of course, going on. Nobody wanted to believe it was a conspiracy theory and everything else. So we're starting to see a lot of the stuff that we were telling you was going on happening. It's unfortunate. I'm not happy about being right. I wish I was wrong about all of it. I really do. Um, But the only reason that I told you any of the things that I told you is because that's what the scientific research showed. And we we had very, very early indicators, very early, that the younger you were, the safer you were from the virus and the more dangerous the vaccine was for you. And now it's continuing to, unfortunately, continuing to escalate. So at least some doctors are taking the precaution of running blood work and um, making sure that the the kids who go in there and get tested are actually not just getting a routine physical and then being sent out where they could potentially lose their life. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you go to rumble.com/slash Casey the host and you're watching the video, by the way, got uh, got a sizable audience on Rumble today. Thank you for that. The rest of you are watching on theburningtruth.us, thank you for that. But if you're on Rumble, the word of the day is Eric the Chinless. Please use that in the comment section below the video. If you're on the website, you have a tab for comments. On the mobile app, not in the live chat, but in the comments section. The word of the day is Eric the Chinless. That is what we're looking for. Yesterday, I told you that the estimates by the American intelligence community is that 170,000 illegal immigrants are ready to come across the southern border. 170,000. Well, a federal judge has just ruled that Biden's lax deportation policy is illegal. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas broke the law when he wrote new rules limiting which illegal immigrants can be arrested or deported, according to a federal judge today, slapping an injunction on ICE that will limit its ability to pick and choose whom to target. Judge Michael Newman's decision is a serious blow to the Biden administration, which from its first days in office, has tried to narrow the pool of illegal immigrants in danger of deportation by U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement. Judge Newman said that Congress was clear in setting out classes of illegal immigrant that it thought should be mandatory targets, and Mr. Majorcas can't unilaterally change those. You know, it's almost like when Congress does something, you just can't have some bureaucrat come along and undo what Congress did. Who would it do? DHS contends that seemingly mandatory statutes must be read flexibly to permit efficient law enforcement at bottom. That is what the dispute is about. Can the executive displace clear congressional command in the name of resource allocation and enforcement goals? Here is the answer. No. That's what the judge said. A judge was, by the way, a Trump appointee to a federal court in Ohio. Uh, So the Washington Times did reach out to Homeland Security for comment. Mr. Mayorkas had cast his rule as priorities that he ordered ICE to follow. He said that the money that Congress allocated to him for immigration enforcement was limited, and he wanted to spend it on the highest value target. So Mayorkas, who, by the way, is an open borders stooge, Mayorkas is basically saying Congress gave me money, and I get to allocate that money however I see fit based on the biggest need. Congress. Says no, because Congress specifically allocated how those those monies were supposed to be used. Remember, Congress has the power of the purse. Mayorkas as a bureaucrat doesn't get to come along and just change the way that that purse is dispersed because Congress has that authority, not a bureaucrat. Uh, Let's see. To that end, he said merely being in the country illegally is no longer a reason to be deported, which, of course, is nonsense. Uh, there must be an aggravating circumstance such as a serious crime or a recent illegal border crossing to deserve arrest or deportation. Even then, he said ICE officers needed search, needed to search for mitigating factors such as family who depended on an illegal immigrant's income in des- deciding targets. So even Mayorkas was saying, look, if you're in the country illegally and we catch you, that's not cause for deportation anymore. We talked about this when he changed the rules unilaterally when, it, when they went down. So what he's now saying is you have to have serious criminal activity or a recent border crossing that we can tie to you for you to even be considered. And even then, what we have to do now is comb through your life and make sure that you are not, you are not the provider for somebody else who's in the country. Because if you are, then you get to stay. Get it? So they're picking and choosing. Well, most illegal immigrants come here to work. And if they come, if they're coming here to work and they're coming here to earn a living, there's a good chance they have a dependent. And we've known for a long time that a lot of illegal immigrants come into the country and they immediately seek out to impregnate somebody so they can stay. They use that child to stay in the country. Judge Newman said the problem is that the law lays out specific cases where enforcement must occur. Exactly. And Mr. Majorcus rules didn't align with the law. Arizona, Ohio, and Montana had sued to stop Mr. Mayorkas's rule. A separate challenge is also pending in the state of Texas. Uh, Stephen Miller, an architect for the Trump administration's immigration policy and president of America First Legal, which worked with the states on the lawsuit, called the ruling a "quote colossal win," and it is. But it's a win for various reasons. One, it's a win for no administration bureaucrat. Doesn't matter if the Republican or Democrat. This is just one case. For no administration bureaucrat to come in and say, hey, when Congress has rules that they voted on and they direct money for specific things, the bureaucrat can't just come in and say, to heck with Congress, I'm going to do things the way that I want to do things because Congress didn't give me the money that I want. That's not how it works. When Congress specifically allocates funds, those funds have to be used the way that Congress allocated them. You don't get to change the rules. Now, there are certain circumstances, particularly in the executive with with, uh, whoever is sitting in the White House, that they have the opportunity with certain discretionary funds to move funds around. Trump did that a lot, but he wasn't the only president to do so. But he was legally within his rights to do that. Of course, the leftists out there harped on that and said it wasn't true. They were all wrong, which is why he won all of those cases. But in this circumstance, we're not even talking about the sitting president. We're talking about just a bureaucrat who runs the Department of Homeland Security, and Orcas doesn't get to pick and choose how his funds are allocated when Congress specifically allocates or Congress has specific rules over who needs to be deported because that's the legislative process. He doesn't get to throw that legislative process out out with the bathwater just because he doesn't like the way that Congress did things. That's how you get tyrannies. So this is good stuff. Hey, joining us in a couple of minutes, South Bend School Corporation is trying to damage your kids again. And we're going to have investigative reporter Clifton French from RealNewsMichiana.com. He's going to talk with us here in just a couple of minutes about what is happening in South Bend schools and why you, if you are a parent of a child in South Bend schools, need to be aware of it. That's coming up 95.3 MNC. I know you're all going to be surprised by this, but the South Bend School Corporation is screwing up and damaging children again. I know. Shocking issue. We've never heard this story before. And joining us to talk about it right now is Clifton French, investigative journalist from RealNewsMichiana.com. Clifton, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm
2: doing great, Casey. How are you?
0: Oh, can't hear him. Panic moment. How you doing, Clifton?
2: I'm doing great.
0: There we go. We got you. Yeah, we got yeah. you. So this is this is an interesting story. It's a little bit difficult for people to follow, though. So South Bend Schools, this is the title of it, looks to trap kids in failing schools with the sale of the admin building while the attorney general's office rules that the district actually broke the law. And this is all about allowing uh, charter schools to go into this building. Talk, talk to us about it and kind of break it down real dumb-like, just in case people don't understand exactly how this is working out.
2: Yeah, so the Indiana legislator passed a law okay, that if you have an empty educational building where instruction was being done, right, classrooms, Right. Mm-hmm. If you, a public school closes, if a public school system closes a school, they have to um, to to allow charter schools to lease those buildings. Okay. Okay. They move in to provide education.
0: And right? and well, before we move on, students have been fleeing the South Bend School Corporation for a number of years, and they have way too many buildings.
2: Yes. yes. Okay. So I mean, so this is this is also a reason why South Bend Community Schools refuses to say. You know, close a high school, which they probably should do, right? right? Yes. Regardless, um, they, they've closed multiple schools, um, one of them being Brown Intermediate uh, Center. Another one is Hamilton Primary, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the attorney the, – they, they did not put those up and list them and say, hey, these are available for charter schools, right? Even though there are charter schools in the area that are successful that would be interested in these buildings. Complaints were filed. Attorney General said, absolutely. Uh, they're breaking the law here, right? Mm-hmm. So the timeline here is, is what's important, though. So <laughs> the South End Schools gets a complaint – or there, there's a complaint filed with the Attorney General's office on December 15th. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so South Bend Schools is going, all right, what can we do here? Um, you know what? Instead of losing more kids to charter schools – how about we close down our administration building and sell our administration building and then move into one of those schools?
0: All right. Thus so removing them from an obligation <laughs> of allowing a charter school to come in, which will pill- pillage more students from South Bend schools. Exactly. Okay.
2: So South Bend schools is trying to sell the administration building to the city of South Bend. The city of South Bend is looking to move its employees then into this building. Right. Okay. Um, into, the, into the administration building. Then South Bend moves their administration. But by the way, they have to completely overhaul, spend millions of dollars overhauling Brown School, all right? Right. But they refuse to put this up for lease, right, and allow this leasing to be done. And mind you, they didn't start talking about this until a month after this complaint had been filed.
1: Aha.
0: Uh-huh. Right? so the complaint gets <laughs> filed and South Bend School Corporation is like, okay, we're in trouble. We broke the law again. Uh, how can we get out of it? I know. We'll just move into the building so we don't have to give it to the charter school, and then hopefully that will make the complaint and everything else go away. But as you pointed out, yeah. we're talking about a timeline issue here.
2: Yeah, that's the issue. Um, now, South Bend is, has been act- – honestly, the only South Bend council person who, is, who, is, uh, who has said, and said, hey, something's not right here, something's fishy here, mm-hmm. right, is, uh, is a Democrat, Henry Davis.
0: What, and here's the thing, okay? Why is it that Henry seems to be the only one on that council that seems to give a, a rat's behind about what happens in education in that city? Yep. You're absolutely right. I'm just gonna um, say, look, and here's I know that a lot of my audience has great disagreements with Henry Davis Jr., but he is the yep. only one who sounds these alarm bells about education in South Bend. Nobody else does. They all keep their mouths shut. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I have my I have major disagreements with Henry as well. Um, but you're exactly right, Casey. He's the only one who pipes up about these education issues. And he's saying, hey, listen, this is, he's the only person who voted against this. So the city just allocated $7.8 million for the city to acquire the administration building, right? Okay. Uh, Five million of that is for renovations, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's already administration building. It's already offices, okay? South Bend Schools are claiming that they are going to move into this elementary school, this, uh, this empty school, mind you, or in this middle school, this empty school, convert it into administration buildings for $2.1 million. Now, more than a month ago, I requested estimates. I requested, um, uh, like, roof, the age of the roof, uh, the, the like what condition the roof's in, what condition the HVAC is in. I requested all of this information uh, mm-hmm. back on February 17th. And have received none of it. So all that the all the school district has said is they they gave they gave the South Bend Tribune a number saying eh, it's going to cost two point one million dollars, but there's no evidence. They haven't shown any evidence. They haven't shown any type of estimate for anything.
0: Right. That, that's weird. How Elkhart and do that? Elkhart and South Bend doing that all in the same week. That's strange.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have, but, but get the, So so you have the city of South Bend that's going to spend. Five million dollars on a building to, to 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 retrofit a building that's already built for offices, right? Right. An office building, an administrative building. They're going to spend five million dollars renovating that. Okay. Um, just to just just to make sense for the city and for for the public to go in there for city services, when you have an administration moving into a school that's built for classrooms, not for that. And they're going to spend $3 million less. The, the school district is going to spend $3 million less renovating that. That makes no sense.
0: Aren't, makes the, zero sense aren't the citizens of South Bend so happy that uh, they they paid more in the school tax hike? Aren't, aren't they just thrilled oh. with how this is being run? It was just going to be the cost of a pizza, Clifton. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
2: this, is, this is as swampy as it gets.
0: Okay? Isn't there like a really beautiful building... Used to have, I don't know, the Hall of Fame in it. That thing's still sitting vacant. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> How come nobody wants to move into that building? It's a cool-looking – it's the nicest building in the city. Yep.
2: Yeah. So, uh, look, they don't want to move there. The school district doesn't want to move there. school district wants to move into the school because they don't <laughs> want a charter school going over. So, so Career Academy South Bend has been looking they, – they've shown interest in this building, right? Career yep. Academy South Bend. Is pretty much at capacity. They need more space. Okay. Because everybody is, and by the way, they're an A-rated school. They are trying to get more space when South in South Bend's going. uh uh-uh, we don't want to lose more kids and lose more money. We don't right. want that to happen. Right. So we're just gonna. we one. We're gonna break the law. Oops, we got caught. Now we're. What are our attorneys saying? How can we? How can we still do this and not give anything up to these charter schools?
0: But isn't the fact that they, already, they still broke the law a month in advance, doesn't that still apply here? Can there still be that complaint? Can there be any monetary damages as a result of that?
2: I have no clue, Casey. I'm trying to figure all of that out right now. However, I mean, it, it, it just shows you. It just shows you how scummy these people are.
0: Well, and the, the Career people Academy are. is a really good school.
2: It is. It is. It, and I've <laughs> talked
0: to, oh,
2: man. It, 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 I've talked to so many people who have, who have taken their kids out and sent them over to the Career Academy, they're like, best move we've ever
0: made. Well, when we That's when they were made. proposing, you know, it was, it was weird because just, I think like two weeks ago, somebody was apparently arguing with somebody about the, it's only going to cost you a pizza thing. And mm-hmm. um, they asked me for my old shows when it was announced that they were going to go for that referendum. So I sent them the old shows where I fact-checked the superintendent on the cost of pizza math because the superintendent's math was bad. And I, I said, "Mark my words, it's going to cost you a lot more than that." It did. The story came out. You're well aware that people are upset that it's going to cost them too much money. It's not a pizza, and it just continues to get worse and worse. But in the midst of that, I highlighted how many students have been, you know, this mass exodus away from South Bend schools and finding any school around South Bend so they can get out of there. While South Bend schools are saying that's the reason that they were losing money, so they're doing everything they can to not lose students.
2: They're losing four to six hundred students a year.
0: And the reason for that is only because they suck. Yep. There's really no other reason because they're not leaving the state. They're going to surrounding school districts.
2: They're going to Penn. They're going to charter schools. They're going to private schools, right? Right. And if 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 a charter school is allowed to expand here, they're taking foutin' kids. Seriously.
0: Which which would be the best thing for those students. It would be the best thing for the community, especially when you're talking about Career Academy, okay. Especially with the mm-hmm. skills that they focus on, which are desperately needed in, in the city of South Bend, who has so much potent, potential. But as okay. have you run into anything as in your ventures as an investigative reporter here on why nobody wants to go into the Hall of Fame building? <laughs> I have what no idea? What I happened in that building that is keeping everybody away from it? There's some talk <laughs> like the city was going to go in there at one point in time, and they're like, "Nah, we don't want to do that." Nobody wants well, to go are, into that are, building. Are
2: they planning on turning it into like a convention center and stuff too?
0: There was Yeah, there was rumors about a convention center, which, of course, is not going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. There, I think that Derek Dieter was pushing to get the city in there because it was already there, and they, they scrapped that. Nobody yeah, wants to I mean, go that would be
2: there. The best, that would be the best move. I mean, get in there, retrofit that. It's, it's a great building. That, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. Honestly, um, I'll, I'll I'll start digging. I'll start looking.
0: There's got to be a reason for it, man. There, there has that thing has been sitting vacant almost the entire time that I have been here, and and it's yeah. such a beautiful building. So, I mean, I'll give them ten dollars and I'll move in.
2: That's yeah. It's the only reason that I would that I would uh, boycott Chick Fil A is for pulling this stuff and or the <laughs> Hall of Fame out of here.
0: <laughs> that's that's a fair point. All right. Well. <laughs> Again, South Bend Schools, of course, This, and the, as you pointed out in the article, and you've got all of your receipts in the article, all of the documentation is right there in the article at realnewsmichiana.com. Once again, because students can't go to Career Academy now who's interested in this building, they're trapped in their school system that they're in right now unless the parents can find another way to get them out.
2: Yep,
0: absolutely. Sad, man. It's unfortunate that we don't take care of our kids here.
2: Well, and what's also unfortunate is that Nobody – all this stuff's public, man. The Tribune has been covering this this since January, right? Right. I just ran across these documents. The
0: Tribune mm.
2: did nothing. The Tribune hasn't covered any of this.
0: So. Well, I, I know that you and I are both shocked by that, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you want
2: to keep getting it, remember, go to RealNewsMichigan.com and subscribe. I need it, man. There
0: you I go. need subscribers. There you go. So, Clifton, appreciate it, bud. Right. Thank you so much. Hey,
2: thanks, man. All right.
0: You take Bye. care. You know, it's funny. I had somebody uh, reach out to me just a few weeks ago, and they go, Casey, okay, so we finally did it. We finally pulled the plug and canceled our newspaper subscription, and I need I need a good source of information to put that money in. RealNewsMichiana.com. That's it. He's, he's, he's the only investigative reporter that we have in town, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. There's a reason that these stories are only available there because they're not available anywhere else because nobody else is doing the work that he's doing. RealNewsMichiana.com. Subscribe. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You all heard it. We actually talked about this off off the microphone yesterday, but on camera yesterday. Josh and I were having this discussion. Like, Can you imagine, if this story is real, going to the International Space Station as Russian cosmonauts wearing pro-Ukrainian colors, there's a good chance you don't get home, right? You're stuck up there in space. Well... That's yet another anti-Russian Western fake news story. The Russian cosmonauts were not wearing yellow because of Ukraine. It had nothing to do with Ukraine. They were made months ago, long before the conflict even started. Uh, Russia's space agency themselves dismissed the entire notion that this had anything to do with any statement about Ukraine. In fact, uh, all of the astronauts on this mission from Russia all actually come from the Bauman Moscow State Technical University, and these are their colors. So every every uh, crew on the International Space Station who goes up there picks their colors. So, like, uh, the U.S. pretty much has, like, standard colors that we use, generally blue or orange. And the Russians apparently picked their colors when they were going to have their mission, and they picked yellow because of the school that they all went to. And that was the reason why uh, one of the cosmonauts was actually asked about it. And he actually said, well, you know, we had a bunch of yellow laying around. We thought this would be a good idea. So we used the, uh, the yellow fabric. That's it. Had nothing to do with Ukraine. Again, they were made months before the conflict even broke out. But naturally, you know, you go and you take a look at all of the stories about the Russian cosmonauts show up at International Space Station wearing Ukrainian colors. And, and if you looked at the, uh, the pictures of all of this you'll notice that they were not wearing the, the full Ukrainian colors. It was just yellow. So it didn't make any sense initially, but it's like, okay, if, if the story is real, I mean, they're risking basically being isolated on the space station. How are you going to get home? You're going to have to hitch a ride with the Americans or one of the other crews. What's going to happen there? Um, is any of them going to want to go back to Russia? after protesting the Russian invasion of Ukraine on the International Space Station where everybody can see what they're wearing? Probably not. And now, of course, you've got the Russian media pointing out. Not true. Uh, American media is now confirming the story. Nope, not true. But look at all of the days that we had where the story was Russian cosmonauts support Ukraine on the International Space Station. When the cosmonauts themselves said, nope, just yellow, has nothing to do with Ukraine. It's not a statement or anything like that. Um, they stayed neutral on what had happened with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They uh, they did not really address that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I do think it's really funny kind of watching everybody hop onto this, this uh, Ukraine bandwagon, though, and they don't really take the time to actually look at it. This big piece of art that sold recently, I, I don't know if it was intended to be a pro-Ukrainian thing. But it was literally just like yellow and blue and all of that. But they had the, if it was meant to be Ukraine, it was upside down. It wasn't the right order in which it should have been for the flag. Uh, and then you have the teachers union, uh, the American, Feder- was it American Federation of Teachers, I think it was. We've got this story down here somewhere where they were out there doing all of this pro-Ukraine stuff. And they're posting on social media, pro-Ukraine, pro-Ukraine, which is fine, by the way. It's, you know, a lot of people are obviously rooting for Ukraine here. Uh, and it makes perfect sense. But What's interesting about it is they, they posted the Ukrainian flag upside down. Yeah, here it is. Uh, head of Teachers Union had an embarrassing series of tweets on this. All right, so this is Randy Weingarten, who ate your children, by the way. Um, I think that she might actually eat children for nutritional purposes. So they go out there and they have this, um, hey, we support Ukraine. They did the hashtag Ukraine. This is the American Federation for Teachers official Twitter account. Flags upside down. It's not the Ukrainian flag. It's upside down. So then they do this whole Photoshop thing where they change it around. Okay. They Photoshop the color change, but they only Photoshop the color change in some of the photo. So I want you to imagine this. You have a bunch of American Federation for Teachers people holding an upside down Ukrainian flag. In solidarity with Ukraine. But it's, it's upside down. They're all doing it upside down. Not one. All of them. So what they do is they go back and they Photoshop the colors. They swap them, okay? They swap them in the the front three people, but all of the people behind them are still holding the Ukrainian flag upside down. These are the people responsible for representing the teachers, the teacher kids, okay? Then they Photoshop a stand with Ukraine sticker on it to help cover up some of this stuff. None of this makes any sense, all right? They go out there. And then they uh, they use Randy Weingarten herself, who heads up the American Federation for Teachers, on her own personal account. Tweeted out, we hashtag stand with Ukraine. Ukraine is a country near Ukraine, Josh, but not Ukraine. Ukraine. Again, this is the American Federation of Teachers. Misspelling Ukraine. And getting the basic Geopolitical facts wrong, um, including just the flag of the country. Uh, would that be geography? Getting the flag of a country wrong? It's geography. Eh, kind of geography is Yeah, I know you're talking, Not talking about top topology here, but uh, topography, whatever. But this is... Um, yeah, it's it's upside down, and then, then they didn't... And they all got it wrong. Not one person, not one person standing in that photo, it was like 12 people, said, hey, this is upside down. We got it wrong. They're... They're responsible for teaching your kids. Inspires confidence. Lake South Bend School Corporation. Inspires confidence. Yeah. MNC News Time is 5.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creation, something that will actually inspire confidence in your significant other. Impress with Impress Jewelry Creations. If I were to ask you which major company was probably the most woke, what would you say? There's a good chance a lot of you probably would have said Google, right? So Google is out there pretending to be the social justice warrior gatekeepers, if you will. And yet Google is being sued by black employees for racism. Interesting. Despite its status as one of the wokest companies in the world, including maintaining an official program to inject critical race theory into the field of programming, tech giant Google is facing a major lawsuit alleging that it discriminates against black employees. Even among the far-left tech giants of Silicon Valley, Google has a reputation for wokeness. The company invited Robin D'Angelo to give a talk on white fragility. Robin D'Angelo is the shyster fraud uh, who talks about the fragility of white people, and she's a lunatic. So its managers gave employees instruction manuals on recognizing white-dominant culture— and it maintains an entire program dedicated to machine learning fairness and new academic discipline attempting to blend critical race theory with computer science. What could possibly go wrong? Um, we've also documented how they have fired various employees who have brought attention to the company's shortfalls uh, with these sorts of things. Documents released through James DeMore's class action lawsuit in 2018 revealed an atmosphere of unchecked, rampant hostility towards white males. Within the company. As a whistleblower told Breitbart News in 2017, senior leaders at Google focus on diversity first and technology second. Yet somehow they're still more ab- uh, better able to be more advanced than Apple. I don't know how that is. Even with its track record, it appears that Google cannot escape the litigious machine of Diversity Inc. The tech giant is now being sued by a black female employee who alleges that the company engaged in systemic racism. Weird how systemic racism keeps popping up in liberal fantasy land, right? All of these places that are controlled by liberals for generations, systemically racist. Uh, Super woke liberal companies, still systemically racist. Weird how that happens, right? So I guess the answer is, is she crazy? Or the question is, is she crazy? Or is liberalism just racism? Or I suppose you could say that Maybe they're crazy, and she's crazy, and crazy begets crazy, and so they're being sued by a crazy person because they were acting crazy, and they superimposed their crazy on her crazy, and it became uber crazy, and now there's a lawsuit. Regardless, woke Google is a white supremacist institution. You should not use any of their products. Don't use Apple either, though. You know what? Just don't have a phone because there's nothing we could do anyway. You got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So, you know, those foreign volunteers that have been heading over to Ukraine, and I know that we kind of joke about it, but there are a lot of them, a lot of them gone over to Ukraine. Ukraine's offering citizenship until further notice uh, for many of them. There's rumors, and I can't really fully substantiate this, but there's rumors that some of them are basically trapped in Ukraine. Like they go over there, they get shot at, and then they go, no, not, not interested in warfare, and they try to come home, but Ukraine's like, no, you're here now. Um, I don't know how accurate any of that is. I'm just letting you know that there are some of those rumors floating around. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people on Reddit who apparently decided they were going to uh, prove their manhood by joining the fight in Ukraine instead of actually joining and serving their own country. But I digress. By the way, kudos to everybody out there who will not be caught dead. Wearing or raising an American flag, running around with the Ukrainian flag in your social media profiles. Nobody is buying it, by the way. But you know this uh, training facility that killed 35 in Ukraine here recently? It looks like the foreign fighters were responsible for that attack. And it, this comes with you're bringing people in who don't really know how to fight a war. British volunteers have been blamed for a missile strike that killed 35 people at Ukrainian's training facility because their phone signals gave away the base's location. I know you all went there, thinking that you were going to do TikToks and you're going to beat back the uh, the Russian wimps and all of that stuff, and you ended up getting a bunch of people killed. Between 12 to 14 British phone numbers, starting with the +44 national dialing code, were visible. To surveillance equipment a short time before the Russian missile strike at the training facility in western Ukraine on the 13th of March, according to media reports now. Uh, Mercenaries who were contracted by the Wagner Group, a military company linked to Moscow, may have been operating nearby at the time of the strike, according to those reports. So the foreign fighters may actually be making things worse for Ukraine. Now we're talking about the non-professional foreign fighters, A lot of the uh, former special forces operators and tier two operators, they're over there and obviously they're going to elevate the Ukrainian fighting ability, but there's still a lot of just run-of-the-mill dudes who have never had any combat experience or military training. This is a problem. Of course, the Ukrainian military should've known better, should've taken their phones right away, but they didn't. This is how they die in Kurdistan as well, by the way. All right, folks, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, rumble.com slash Casey, the host in the comment section. The word of the day is Eric, the chinless. We'll see you all tomorrow. Make sure, make sure you subscribe, get the newsletter, the burning truth.us with uh, the, the daily show prep, as well as the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night.